Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me have your attention as I read the story to you. Here's a story of a little boy on the back of his family's property. There was an old fruit tree that had lots of leaves but no fruit for years. Well, high up in its branches and hidden from view by the leaves were, was a perfect spot for a little boy to sit and dream away the hours. It was in this spot that the boy would dream of being a spaceship commander traveling to the galaxies unknown. He was Tarzan living in the jungle world. He was a philosopher solving the riddles of the ages. He would go there when he felt mistreated. He would go there when he felt misunderstood and alone. Well, that tree was his hideaway, special to him and to his best friends. So imagine how the boy felt when he heard his father telling his mother, I think I'll cut down that old tree. It hasn't borne any fruit in years. Well, what could the little boy do? If he begged his father not to do it, then he would have to say why, and his secret hideaway wouldn't be a secret anymore. Well, all of a sudden, he thought of a plan to save the tree. Since there were a number of apple trees in a field nearby, he and his friends got a whole basket full of apples. And that evening, while his parents were busy inside, he and his friends climbed the tree and tied the stems of the apple to almost every limb of the old fruit tree. Well, the next morning, his father went out and looked at the old tree and was amazed to see that it had these big, fat apples on it. Well, the boy waited to see how his father would react. His father came back inside and said to his mother, you are not going to believe this, but a miracle took place last night. That old fruit tree is full of apples. They are fat, juicy apples almost on every branch. His wife said, oh, well, that's amazing. The father said, yeah, it really is amazing, especially because it's not an apple tree, it's a pear tree. (laughs) This is a great segue into my sermon, really. Because the reason why we laugh, listen, the reason why we laugh is because we all know that apple trees, watch this, apple trees do not produce pears. If you knew that, please wave at me. Okay, good. And we all know that pear trees don't produce apples. We learned a long time ago that you reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6, this morning we pick up in verse 6. If you're looking at Galatians 6, 6, say amen. Amen. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. In verse 7, can you read it with me? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For in verse 8, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap what, saints? Everlasting life. So let us not grow weary in well-doing or in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The King Jimmy says, if we faint not. Therefore, in verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. As we're coming to the close of this book of Galatians, I hope that you've been blessed. I've been blessed. I've learned. I've given you this outline over the last several months now. Would you mind if I give it to you again? The outline of the entire book is very, very simple in Galatians, the outline for the book of Galatians in chapters 1 and 2, you know Paul describes his personal experience with the grace of God. In chapters 3 and 4, Paul describes his doctrinal or his doctrine in regards to the grace of God. And then finally, here we are in chapters 5 and 6, we're getting real practical after talking about his personal experience and after talking about doctrine and theology Paul gets very practical in chapters 5 and 6 as he describes his practical or the application of the grace of God. So here we have the entire book of Galatians outlined for us. We're in a very, listen, give me your attention, this is a very practical section, chapters 5 and 6. Now, if you've been with us, you know that last week and a week prior, we have been talking about the fruit of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. And then last week, Paul told us how to deal with a person who was walking in the flesh. Were you with me? That we should seek to restore them in the spirit of gentleness. And that we should not only bear our burdens, but we are to bear one another's burdens. And in doing this, we fulfill the law of Christ. Why? Because Jesus bore our burdens. So Paul, listen, has been talking about bearing burdens. And now he starts talking about bearing fruit and doing good. Now look at verse 6 again in your Bibles. Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches what is implied is the word of God. Now if you read commentaries and you look at or listen to even various sermons on this passage, they usually will apply this passage, listen, to don't forget to pay your preacher. They'll use that verse to apply and say, don't forget to pay your preacher. In other words, they'll say, he is sharing the word with you, so you should share your money with him. Now, please, saints, don't misunderstand me. I like this concept. (laughs) I mean, I think it's good, it's right, it's godly, it's holy, it's spiritual. And I like this concept. And it is a biblical principle that those who share the word should receive the fruit of that ministry. Don't you remember when Paul wrote the church at Corinth, he said, anyone who preaches the gospel should live from the gospel. If we have sown to you, Paul says, in spiritual things, what's the big deal if we reap of some material things? So it is a biblical principle, quote unquote, to pay your preacher. But you can't use this verse to support that idea because I don't, watch this, I don't see that thought in the ebb and flow of the book and particularly the chapter. 
Keep in mind in chapter 6, the context, remember, is loving your brother, bearing burdens, maintaining relationships, and restoring a fallen brother. It doesn't seem like Paul to me to all of a sudden become ADD and start talking about money. You know, it's almost like Paul's been talking about one minute he's talking about restoration, and the next minute he says, hey, don't forget to pay the preacher. Hey, restore your brother in the spirit of gentleness and meekness and be spiritual. Hey, and by the way, don't forget to pay your preacher. That doesn't sound like Paul the, the apostle. Now, now what, what is it saying, Rodney? Well, here's what I think. Again, you want to keep in mind the flow in the context of the book. The flow in the context is you have a brother or a sister who has fallen. You demonstrate your love in how you care. Here's the context. And because you care, you seek to salvage that relationship with Jesus by helping them bear burdens. And then you disciple them. And in the process, you are teaching them the word of God brings us to verse 6. And then they share back with you the word of God. I think there's a, a fellowship principle that Paul is getting to here. A koinonia. The word koinonia means what? It means fellowship. It means unity. It means like-mindedness. It means all things in common. So there's a fellowship that's happening. They share back the word with you and they are maturing and then they begin to share the word. You see, when a Christian, listen, when a Christian or a saint restores a sinning believer, the sinning believer will then become mature and get to that place of maturity where they will become spiritual, able then to bear and to help bear someone else's burden. And then they can begin to teach the word of God themselves. In other words, listen, they are growing up and sharing back all good things or they're maturing. The payoff, listen to me close, the payoff of restoration is maturation. The payoff of restoration is maturity, is spiritually growing up. And when people are equipped with the word of God, listen, they will grow up. How many of you know that since you have been, whether you attend this church or you attend another church, but it is a Bible teaching church, since you began to study the Bible and you began to learn the word of God, all of a sudden your Christianity went from mediocre to, hey, I'm a strong, mature Christian now. And, and, and that happens in, by the way, a very short period of time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, only five people. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think we better go back to Galatians 1.1. What you say, Johnny? You will grow up when you are in the Word of God. I will never forget when I first went to a Bible teaching church. And I, I found myself, I have significantly grown in my walk with the Lord. Are you listening? I have significantly grown in my walk with the Lord like in a six-month period of time. I had grown more in six months than I had grown in five years. I know people who who have come to this church who are in here now who have told me I have been in church for 20, 25 years. I've never gotten in the word. I've never heard the word like that. And I've been here now for a year. And I'll say, hey, you're stronger now? They go, absolutely. The word of God will mature you. Can you say amen? Amen. And once you become mature in the word of God, what will happen is you will then go and begin to teach others. It's natural. 
it is natural for you to begin to go and share the word. And then someone else begins to hear the word. They begin to grow in their relationship and their walk with the Lord. And thus, here's the principle, healthy sheep reproduce healthy sheep. That is the truth. People tell me all the time about this church. You know, there's a lot of people that attend Calvary Chapel, but then they say, and there's a lot of mature Christians that attend Calvary Chapel. That has nothing to do with Pastor Rodney. That has everything to do with the power of the Word of God. That has everything to do with the fact that when you teach the Word of God, you can't help but grow. Conversely, when God's Word is not being taught and you are not receiving the Word of God and you're not feeding on a steady diet of the Word of God, you will be sick, you will be weak, you will be lame, and you will be immature in your Christianity. Don't you understand the power of God's Word? God would not leave us His Word and and it not be effective. The Bible says the Word of God will accomplish the thing which it is set out to do. We're talking about the Bible. This is the living Word of God. Can you say amen? It's not, it's not like Harlequin romance. Do you understand? This is not like Oprah's bestseller. I ain't hating on Oprah. I'm just, uh, she just happened to come to mind right now. That's all. Some of y'all, oh, don't you, oh, don't you go there. Don't mess with O. I'm not messing with O, okay? But this book is like no other book ever written. Hmm. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Every other book is written. Once you read it, you got it. The Bible is living. That's why every time you read it, you can go back and read it again and get something totally different. That's why. It's not that you're becoming more spiritual. (laughs) Well, where'd that come from? I don't know. (laughs) Spiritual. It's not. It's, that, it's the living word. And the Holy Spirit will speak something to you more each and every time that you get in the word of God. So there's this process of reproduction. Healthy sheep reproduce healthy sheep. When people are healthy and growing, it's natural that they will share the word of God and be sharing back in all good things. Now let's move forward. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Do not be deceived. It's so good. I got to read it again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Now you remember if you want to, if you like to peek back at verse 3 in chapter 6. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, I told y'all last week, I love that verse. When he is nothing, he deceives himself. Remember, we talked about that. You're deceiving yourselves. Now in verse 7, are you with me? Paul says, don't be deceived not only about yourself, but don't be deceived about God. God will not be mocked. This word mocked, if you're taking notes, literally means to thumb the nose or to pout the lips. To thumb the nose, like, eh, Like, I'm sinning and you ain't doing nothing about it. Nah, 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 nah. That's kind of what it means. Or to pout the lips. Like when you're sharing the word of God with somebody and you say, hey, you know, God's word says this and God's word says this is wrong and, man, you shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, and they go, oh, well, well, God says this and God says that. And 
and they begin to pout the lips. That's what the word mocked means. It means to thumb the nose or to pout the lips. And it is sad, saints, but true. People are mocking God today. Holly Weird is mocking God today. Pushing the envelope every new show. Yeah, the pastor has a TV. I have a TV. I'm sorry if you think that's wrong. Forgive me. God forgive you. I'm like, ah, ooh, clutch the pearls. The pastor has a TV. <laughs> you, know, you know when you're shocked about something, you just clutch. <gasps> Every new show, have, am I the only one getting this? Every new show pushing the envelope just a little bit more about what we will tolerate. Oh, no, I'm sorry, my bad. Endorse. So a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more strange and weird. A little bit more, a little bit more. People mocking God. And people think that they're getting away with something. Let me tell you something. Nobody, listen, be not deceived. Nobody is getting away with anything. God is not mocked, the Bible said, but people are deceived. And the reason people are deceived, one of two reasons. Number one is because they think that they're, you know, that, 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 that God must not be dissatisfied with what they're doing because nothing bad has happened. So God must be okay with it. Or they think that they must be special because they continue in sin and God has done nothing and they're special. Listen, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11, you might want to write that down, but it says this, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Did you hear me? In other words, just because God's judgment doesn't come quickly, people think that God is okay with their sin. And they're mocking God. We have to understand something. Saints, listen, look at me. We have to understand something. We need to understand that God looks at time and God looks at life different than we do. We are deceived about that. The only reason that God hasn't judged sin is because God is giving man time to repent. I think of the story of Noah. In the Bible, the Bible tells us that Noah preached repentance for 120 years and people mocked Noah, and they mocked and laughed at God. And God was patient, and God was patient, and God was patient until his patience ran out, and the people were destroyed. You see, God is waiting for men to repent. Romans chapter 2, perhaps you want to write that down in verse 4. Or despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. God is waiting for people to repent. God is never an endorser of sin. So Paul tells us, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows in verse 7, that he will also reap. Now, saints, stay with me. Let me just share something with you. God is not, I've shared this before. Let me share again. God is not a respecter of persons. Can you say amen? But God is a respecter of principles. God is not a respecter of persons. 
But God is a respecter of principles. And one of the principles that God respects is the principle of seed time and harvest or the principle of sowing and reaping. Three things I want to talk to you about in the remainder of our time together this morning. Three things about sowing and reaping that we're going to talk about. Number one, listen, you will reap the same kind that you have sown. Number two, you will always reap later than what you have sown. And number three, we're going to talk about, you will always reap more than you have sown. Number one, you will reap the same kind that you have sown. Number two, you will always reap later than when you have sown. And then finally, we'll talk about in our remainder of time together, you will always reap more than you have sown. The first point in our outline, you will reap the same kind that you have sown. Would you please look back with me at verse seven? Look at verse seven. For whatever a man sows, are you looking at verse seven? If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You see that word, that? That is a very important word in our text. Whatever a man sows, that or the same kind or the same thing, he shall also reap. Now in Genesis chapter one, verse 11, I'm sure you're familiar with this verse. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to what saints? It's kind whose seed is in itself. In other words, listen, whatever you sow, you will reap the same kind. It's as simple as that. And think about it this way. If it wasn't that way, there would be total confusion in the world. I mean, imagine putting a seed in the ground and you have no idea what's going to grow. There would be confusion. So this is not only true horticulturally, but it's also true spiritually. Listen, if you sow righteousness, if you sow love, if you sow joy, if you sow peace, you will reap righteousness, joy, love, and peace. If you sow friendliness, you will reap friends. Pastor Rodney, I just don't have any friends. Well, the question is, are you friendly? Some folk wonder why they never get invited to the party. Well, nobody ever invites me to the party. That's because you're not friendly. That's because you're a bummer. <laughs> Danny Downer, Debbie Downer, you're a bummer, man. If you want friends, you got to be friendly. That's why Usher Greeter's announcement was perfect for today. Just works right into my sermon. If you're going to be an usher, you've got to be friendly. You come to church, and I've had people tell me, well, I came to church and nobody spoke to me, which is very hard to believe that you came to this church and no one spoke to you. But okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you that. You came to church and no one spoke to you. Well, what happened? Well, I was standing over there just waiting, and no one spoke to me. I said, well, did you speak to anybody? Well, no, I didn't do that. Well, if you're looking like you look right now, I wouldn't have spoke to you either. <laughs> 
standing there looking all mean and nobody wants to come talk to you. Stand there, look, say something. <laughs> Got your Bible right here too. Say something. I'll bite your head off. <laughs> nobody don't want to come say anything to you. If you want to have friends, you must first show yourself what, saints? Friendly. It's as simple as that. There's no, 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 no science to this. You reap what you sow. Now, conversely, listen, if you sow on the other side, are you still listening? If you sow on the other side, gossip and strife and discord and backbiting and lying, you will reap the same thing. The seed you sow that is spiritual will produce the same kind. And if it's carnal, it will produce carnality. You will reap what you sow. You know, I was reading, listen at this, shocking, alarming, might I even say disgusting. I was reading this article, get this, on porn studies and college campuses. And this is true. Pornography studies in the world of academia is one of the hottest trends on college campuses right alongside food studies, disability studies, and Star Trek analysis. They are even, get this, they're even having porn stars come into classes to teach on the topics. Students are being allowed to conduct real-life studies in strip bars and adult bookstores for extra credit. One person doing this report said, college sure has changed. I remember when students just had to read and learn how to think. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.